Amen. Amen. So at this time, let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. We are Matthew chapter 6. And for those who are visitors, uh, we're going through a series called It's Sin. We're looking at a, we free, I'm preaching through a series called It's Sin. I don't know when it's going to end, um, but right now we are way deep in it. And we're looking at the different sins of the Bible. Now, the purpose of this series is not to create educated sinners. I'm not trying to create smart sinners about sin. The purpose of this series is to draw our hearts closer in a relationship with God, that the closer we draw to God, the more our heart would change, that we will not walk in the sins that we see in the Bible. Amen? This is the purpose. We're not trying to educate sinners. We're trying to draw closer to God, that the closer we draw to God, the more our sin and our rebellion is uh, from God will now uh, dissipate. Amen? So we're not trying to grow. I'm not trying to grow sinners. I'm trying to grow your relationship, grow our relationship with God. So now we, as we go to that, we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We find ourselves in Matthew chapter 6. And it says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. It said, therefore, say to, to you, do not worry about your life. And what you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body or what you will put on. Is it, it, I mean, it's not life more than food and the body more for clothing. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow, sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature. So why do you worry? Don't, um, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, that's King Solomon, David's son, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of, the, one of these. And he says in verse 30, Now if God has clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, and will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, therefore do not worry, saying what we should eat, or what should we drink, or what should we wear. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for us, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Uh, sufficient for the day is that is its own troubles. Amen. 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 On this uh, Sunday of October the 22nd, as we continue the theme of its sin, we want to look at stop worrying. Our theme here, I mean, our text here, um, and I want to give the title in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, uh, 25 through 34, is our title will be Stop Worrying. Stop Worrying. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and say, Stop Worrying. Look at the other neighbor. Y'all don't really want them to stop. Look at the other neighbor. Tell them, stop worrying. 
Now watch this. This, this, is, this is easy said than done. This, 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 this easy said than done. We, we, we can say it real easily, but we know worrying is hard to do because we live in a worry-absorbed society. As a matter of fact, we, we, we all in here are wind up so tight that at any second we can bust. We, we live in a, a society that produces worriness. Every time we turn on the TV, we see worriness. Every time we pick up the newspaper, we see worriness. Every time we go online, we see something else to worry about. Because we live in a society of worriness. As a matter of fact, the, the American Psychiatric Association says that 70% of United States adults are, are in extreme worriness. They're in a, a extreme state of, of worriness. And here in the text, Jesus commands us three times not to don't worry, but he says stop worrying. Three times in this text, in, in verse number 25, he says, don't worry. In verse number 31a, he says, don't worry. In verse number 34a, he says, don't worry. Three times he commands us to stop worrying. Three times he commands the people of God to, to stop worrying. Watch this. And these, these, these three commands are three present imperatives. Okay, so we learned a couple of weeks ago what a present imperative is. It means it's at the state of right now. So this three, per, the three present imperative, it actually means a command that never ends. That's why, it's an, a, that's why it's a present imperative. So Jesus saying, stop worrying. And it's not for today, but it's for forever. So it's a present imperative. This command does not have an end. It's a continual command, meaning stop worrying today, stop worrying tomorrow, stop worrying the next day, stop worrying the next week, stop worrying the next month. All of our life here on earth, Jesus commanded us three times in this present imperative to not to worry. But on top of that, the original language add a little more flavor in it. Watch this, because we see the command as don't worry, don't, don't worry three times, don't worry in verse 31a and verse 34a, don't, don't worry, but it actually means stop worrying. Because not only is it in a present imperative, but it's in a negative, watch this, participle. So it's in a negative particle, which actually means a negative particle, it actually means to stop an act that's already in process. So Jesus gave a, a present imperative, which is an unending command to stop worrying, but then he gave a negative particle, which tell you that this is already in progress. So let me help you out what he's saying. Jesus is not saying don't worry. He's saying stop it because you're already doing it. So he's telling the people in the text to stop worrying. He already knew their hearts. He, he already knew what they was going through. He, he already knew the, 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 the anguish and the pain that they was going through and the things that they were worried about. So he's not telling them not to worry. He says, stop it. He says, stop worrying. But there's a difference between worrying and concern. 
Jesus never tell us that we couldn't be concerned or be concerning. He tells us to stop worrying. See, because concern is something that we can do, but worrying is sin. Hmm. When we worry, that's, that's sin. And we're going to look at that later on, but being concerned is not. So it's okay to be concerned about your circumstances. It's okay to be concerned about your issues. It's okay to be concerned about your health, about your children. It's okay to be concerning about other people, but we have to stop worrying. And the definition of worrying is concern that spins out of control. That's what the definition of word is. It's is, is is concern that has spinned out of control. You know how it is when you, when you land on your bed and, and you just can't get your thoughts together because you're at a point of worry where your, your heart is racing and you can't get to, although you do the deep breaths and you got the app on your phone to, to help you breathe in and out and get the, get the breath in and out your body, you still can't control your heart rate. You, you, you know how it is where, where, you, where you just can't get things together. You can't, you can't sit still. Your, your mind is racing. You can't sleep. You, uh, you up tossing and turning all night. That is worry. That is concern. That's spin out of control. That's now turned into worry. You know how it is where it feels like your chest about to implode, where your heart is beating, where you're having pains in your heart and your arm grow numb. How do you know that, Pastor Pew? Because I'm a worrier. And then your arms get numb, and then you can't feel your feet. Anybody ever been there is concerned that it's spinned out of control because Jesus says stop worrying. And here in the text, he, he tells us to stop worrying. Jesus says stop worrying. He says stop being unsettled. He says, I say that again, stop being unsettled. Jesus says stop being doubtful about things. That's what worry is. He says that we ought to stop worrying. But he in this text has given us some, some great word of God to, to help us in this, this sin. Jesus says to stop worrying. And, and, and the first thing we see in verse 25 through 27, he tells us that worrying doesn't achieve anything. Here's why we ought to stop worrying, because it doesn't achieve anything. Look at verse 25 through 27. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Stop worried about your life and what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than them? And here's our point right here. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? He says, look, the first thing he tells us is to stop worrying because worrying doesn't achieve anything. He says worrying doesn't achieve anything. Watch this. He said Jesus gives us a short list of objects that cause us to worry. He, he lays it out here. He gives us a short list, and this is short list because we know it's many other things that cause us to worry, but he gives us this short list that cause us to worry. He says, first thing, your life. He says, stop worrying about your life. 
He says that worrying about your life, worrying about our children's life, worrying about other people's lives. He said your life is within um, itself concerning, watch what, I mean your life within yourself can cause you to worry. And there's so many people worried about their lives. Well, I'm worried about my son's life. That keeps me up. I have a 25-year-old son. And every time I turn on the news, I hear another young man dead, another person got shot. That caused me to worry about my young son, about his life. But Jesus says, stop worrying about your life. Because guess what? If your life in Jesus Christ is going to be okay anyway. Oh, y'all ain't ready for that, huh? If you, if you are a child of God, you're going to be okay anyway. Paul says, if I die, I gain, and if I live, I gain. Because if absent from the body to be present with the Lord, so no matter where that, I'm going to win. I'm in a win-win situation. So he says, stop worrying about your life. Got people worrying about their life. How long am I going to live? Am I going to live to see my grandchildren? Am I going to live to see my children grow old? How long am I going to live? The statistics say after retirement, you die five years after retirement. How long am I going to live? He said, don't worry about your life. God is the one who gave everyone life. He's he the one who created man out of nothing and blew into him life. He says, don't worry. Stop worrying about your life. He says, not only that, he says, in the short list, don't worry about food. Now, I know some of us, we probably said, well, we ain't worried about that because we got food all over the house. We, we ain't worried about no food. We, our biggest worry is where we're going to eat at next. We worry about that. We on yoke trying to figure out where we're going to eat at, and then we fussing in the car about what we're going to eat, so we don't worry about this. But you, you know that, that it says that, 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 that over uh, 20, over 20, I mean, um, that it says that over 42 million people in the United States go without food in the United States. 42 million people go to bed hungry at night. So we may not be worrying, or you may not be worrying. That's one out of nine people that go to bed hungry at night. One out of nine people. And there's more with children that are in schools that go to bed hungry at night. The reason why they come to school is to get the breakfast and lunch at school. He says, don't worry about food. He said, don't worry about food. And then he, he gives this list and he says, don't worry about what you're going to drink. He says, we, we, we worry about what we're going to drink. And then I said, God, well, how do we worry about that? We turn on a faucet and there's water there. But then I looked it up and it says over 47 million people in the United States don't have running water. And then it's another statistic that say over millions of people don't have, uns- that have unsafe drinking water. Detroit. Jacksonville, Mississippi. He says, don't worry about these things. These things is a short list that, that cause us to worry. And then he says, don't worry about your body. Don't, don't worry about your body. Don't, don't worry about your health. Don't, don't, don't worry about sickness. Don't, don't, don't worry about getting old. This, this is just a short list that, that God gives us. And he says here in the text, he says, we ought to stop worrying about these things. He says, because these things don't achieve anything. 
He says in verse 27, look what he says. Which of these uh, worries can add a cubit to your stature? He says by worrying, how much life can you add to your life? You sitting up there, I'm sitting up there worrying. Can't even go to sleep. Can't even drive correctly because my, my heart palpitating because of the things I'm worried about. And he says, how much can worry add to your life? He says, how, how, how taller can you get by worrying, Pastor Pew? You, you can't add a stature, a, a cubic stature, a cubic stature in a rule-wise, according to the text, is from here to your middle finger. He said, you can't add this much to your height by worrying. So worrying don't achieve anything. It just takes away from you. It takes life from you. It takes joy from you. It eats away at your flesh. It eats away at you and dominates your mind and your body. And he says we are to stop worrying because it don't achieve anything. By you worrying, have we ever fixed our situation? Said it, it, it don't achieve anything. Worrying don't don't achieve nothing. It doesn't achieve anything. He says we, we, we are called to stop worrying. It doesn't add any height to our stature. It doesn't add any time to our life. Worrying doesn't achieve anything. By worrying, all it does is takes away. It takes away by, by us worrying that is, is not given to, to make us nor provoke God to, to even move on our behalf. Worrying will not provoke God to move. It will not. The more you worry, the more God ain't going to move. Because you depend, worrying is dependent on yourself. You don't believe that God can handle your situation. That's what it's all about. That's why I sin, and we're going to look at that later. But he says that you can't achieve anything by worrying. Worrying don't achieve anything. So he says stop it because it don't achieve anything. Second thing he says here in verse 28 through 30, he says stop worrying because worrying is a result of lack of faith. Look what he says in verse number 28 through 30. In 28 through 30, he says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his own glory, in his, all his glory, was not arrayed like, like one of these. He says in verse 30, And now if God so clothes the grass and, uh, of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you a little faith. He says worrying is the result of lack of faith. Worrying is the result of this faith is not saving faith because they are different faiths. It's not saving faith. It actually means a lack of trust. He says the reason why we worry because we don't trust God. Thank you. One amen. He said this is, this is why we worry. Because we don't have trust in God as the Savior. We don't have trust in the, in the power of God and who he is. So Jesus says, stop worrying. Because he says, he says here in the text that, 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 that we have to understand that he is the one that provides everything. God is the one that provides everything. Nothing we have, we got on our own. We didn't even create our own body. 
We, we, we don't even create our own funds. It was God that's given it to us. So he says that when you worry, it shows a lack of trust in God. It shows a lack of trust. And he says, look at it. I'm going to show you a choice. He says even the elements and the things of this world got more trust in me than you do. Oh, man, y'all don't want to hear that. He said even the flowers have more trust in me than my people do. All that I have done for you. I have given you life. I have given you food. I have given you a body. I have given you homes. I have given you cars. I have given you a job. I have given you children. I have given you education. All these things God, God has given us. He said the flowers have more faith in him than we do. I don't know about y'all, but that's disappointing to me. That's disappointing. All that God has done for us, he has came and gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross that we may have eternal life. And the flowers show more respect and more trust in God than you and I do. He says, look at the lilies. God says, I'm going to take you on a field trip. I'm going to take you down to a pasture of land. And I want you to see the lilies and how I clothe them and how they don't even work and they spin. And he says, matter of fact, you're going to see that they look better than King Solomon. Now, King Solomon was the man. You talking about had the best of best. You can see it in the scripture. He had all that he wanted and more. But he says that the lilies look better than King Solomon. God says the lilies trust me more than you do. He says the flowers, look at it. He said the flowers, trust me, the, the lilies of the field, God dressed. He says, they, and they look good. He said the grass, he clothed. God put clothes on the grass. And look how, look what he said. He says that, and then you take the grass and you put it in the oven and burn it. See, you use the grass as fuel to cook your food. God says, I clothe the grass that you even put in the oven. So if I could do that about something you're going to burn up, what do you think I'm going to do for you? And he says here that worrying is a, a, a result of lack of trust in God. It's, it's, it's a lack of trust. Watch this. Trust means to, it, 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 a lack of trust means to refuse it, to put your trust or your reliance in the creator. When we worry, we refuse to put our trust in God. This is where sin at. We don't believe that God can do it. We, we, we don't believe, so, 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 so we worry because we don't believe that God can handle our situation. We, we worry because, because we, we, we have little faith, we have little trust in God, and this is where sin comes in, because how can you not trust God? Has God ever failed you? Has God ever turned his back on you? No, he makes ways out of no way. Matter of fact, if I could have a testimony line, every one of them could give a testimony of what he's done today. In our lives. He says when we worry, it shows a lack of trust. Worrying shows that we don't trust in God. Worrying shows that, that we don't trust God that can handle our situation. You don't think God can handle what you're going through. You, you don't think God can handle what you're going through. Let me tell you what God is handling while you're here. God, God is keeping the sun in the sky. God, God, God screwed the, 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 the bulb of the, of the sun and his incandescent to keep shining in the sky and it ain't fall yet. 
God, God is keeping that together. God is keeping the stars in the sky. God is keeping the water. The scripture says he got a perpetual line that the water come to and go back. Why do the ocean come up and go back? Why? Because God got control of that. You don't think God has power to help you in your situation, to help you in your sickness, to help me in my sickness, to help me with the loss of my loved one? God has power. And when we worry, it show that we don't trust in the power of God. But I see some of y'all ain't get the power of God yet. Let me just help you about the power of God. That God spoke to nothing in the beginning and things came to existence. God didn't have anything already made. He just spoke and said, let there be light and light came. He's God. He has power to do anything. Matter of fact, the scripture says he can do exceedingly and abundantly of what we can ask or think. That means God can blow your mind. Reason why you ain't lost your mind yet because of God. The reason why you still got your home because of God. The reason why you got your sanity is because of God. The reason why you got that car is because of God. It wasn't because of your credit or you had enough money to pay for it. It was God's grace that was given to you. It was the power of God that's keeping you. The reason why our kids made it through college is because of God. The reason why you got those things you got is because of God. Don't deny the power of God by worrying. Trust in God because he can do exceedingly and abundantly of whatever we can ask for. It's a result of trusting God. It's amazing how we don't. I, I, I know, I know, Pastor Tucker. I'm, I'm beating this. I'm beating this. I'm going deep. I'm going deep, Pastor Tucker. I don't know. I'm going too deep. We, as as pastors, when we learning how to in uh, homiletics and, and hermeneutics and preaching, and we know not to drive points deep, but I gotta drive this one. Because we got a bunch of people that don't trust in God. You show up in church, but you don't trust in God. You come to Bible study half of the time, but don't trust in God. You say you believe in God, but don't trust in God. God can do it. I'm letting you know he can do it. Matter of fact, he can do it better than you can. Just let it go and let God. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but you keep worrying about this and worried about that, and God is working his way through. I don't know if y'all trying to have church tonight, but I'm trying to have church today. God can do exceedingly and abundantly of what we can ask or think. He has the power to uphold you. He can keep you in the midst of your storm. He can heal your broken heart. He can take your children and restore them back to new. God can do it. Says, here, worrying. Said worrying is a result of lack of trust. When we worry, it shows we don't trust in God. We don't trust in God. And I don't know why we put our trust in ourselves. I don't know about you, I'm talking about me, but because I, I fail myself all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. But God never fails. He's able. He's able. He can do anything. No matter what you're going through. We got some testimonies up here. For those who have been healed from cancer, stand up. We got some testimony. For those who have been delivered from car accidents, stand up. We got some testimony. For those who had bad marriages and now it's good, stand up. God can deliver you. Those who got divorced and thought you were dead and gone, but you still got life after divorce, God can do it. That God brought you through the loss of your loved ones, stand up. God can do it. 
He can do it. He has power to do it. I don't know why y'all faking on God, but he can do it. He can do it. He never comes short to this power. He never comes short. His hands is safe. Yes, your life is safe in him. He says, I'll put your hand, your life in my hand, in my hand, in my father's hand, and no one can pluck you out. Yes, he can do it. He says that worrying is a result of lack of trust. He says worrying. This is why he tells him, stop worrying. Have a seat. We're almost done. He says, he says, the first thing, worrying doesn't achieve anything. What are you going to get out of it? Why worry? He tells us the second thing, why he tells him, stop worrying. He said, because worthy, wor- um, worrying is a result of a lack of trust. But then I like what else the text says. The text goes on and tells us the third thing. He, he not only tells us, but he gives us the text gives us some reasons why we don't have to worry. He, the text now tell us stop worrying, and then he gives us some reasons to tell us why not to worry. See, I love God's word. He come now and give us some reasons to tell us why not to worry. He said the first thing, he says, here's why we should not worry. He says, first thing, because God says so. Three times God gives us the command, stop worrying. Y'all throw him something deep, then y'all. He says, here it is. Here's the reason why we shouldn't worry, why we got to stop worrying, because God commanded it. God commanded us not to worry. He commanded us, and I don't know about you, but that word, that word, when God speaks, it speaks with authority. Matter of fact, uh, Timothy says that God gave the inspiration of God, meaning the breath of the pneuma of God, the authoritative word came from God out of his breath. And he says, this is why we don't have to worry, because he gives us a reason why we don't have to worry, because he said, I command it. God commands us to stop worrying. This is God's command, to stop worrying. He commands us three times. We already looked at it. A present imperative and a negative participle or particle. He, 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 he explained it three times. Why we should not worry. He says, here it is. He, he says, here's the reason. Here's the first reason. He says, stop worrying because God says so. God commands us three times not to worry. Second reason, he says, here's why we don't have to worry. Because God will take care of us. Oh my God, look at verse 26. Look at verse 26. He says, here's why you don't have to worry, because God's going to take care of you. He says, look at the birds of the air. God take us through another field trip. I love these field trips of God. He said, look at the birds. He says, he said, look at the birds. For they neither sow nor reap. The birds don't even work. They lazy. They ain't working. They ain't sowing or reaping. They don't know nothing about farming. He said, the birds never sow nor reap, nor do they gather anything. Meaning, they don't have a place to store up food. They eat on the go. They got to-go meals. They, 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 they going through the drive-thru and get, getting their meals on the go and, and, and going. And God says, look, they need, a, they need to gather into bonds, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, here's the reason why you ain't got to worry, because guess what? I will take care of you. God says, he switches up. He says, look, you're, he says the birds... Don't, don't sow nor reap, don't gather into bonds, 
but your heavenly father. God make it personal here. Jesus in his own word make it personal. He says you got to remember who you got a relationship God with. God is the one that will take care of you. That's why we ain't got to worry. You ain't got to worry because God is the one taking care of you anyway. He is the one providing everything you have. You think you got that on your own? I think you not. But God says that he says that you ain't got to worry because he is taking care of us. He says your heavenly father is taking care of us. God is responsible for taking care of his people. He is responsible. He gave a command. He, I mean, he gave a promise that he would never leave you nor forsake you. He is responsible, watch this, for taking care of every one of us. He, he is responsible for taking care of us. This, this is why you and I don't have to worry. Look at look, um, Psalms 37, 25. Look what it says. You don't have to turn to it, but I'm going to read it. Psalms 37, 25. It says... This is David. I have seen the young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. David said, I have been young and now I'm old. And all, all my life, I have never seen a people of God seeking for bread. Oh, my God. David said, I got a life filled of God taking care of me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I don't have to worry because God will take care of us. So he says here, you don't have to worry. He said the first reason he gives us that we don't have to worry because God says so. Second reason, he said God will take care of us in verse 26. And then he says the third reason in verse 32. He said, here's the reason why. You don't have to worry because God knows what you need. <laughs> Look at verse 32. He says, for after all these things, the Gentile seeks for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. He says, look, don't be like the unbeliever. The unbeliever worries because they have nobody to count on. But you don't have to worry for those who are believers because we have someone to count on. And plus, he already know what you need. God will make a way out of no way just before you even know what you need. See, God working out things. See, this is what I'm saying. You, 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 you got to go with God working out things before you even need. He know what you need before you even run out. He know what you need. Let me, let me tell you a story. A couple of years ago, my wife was at work, and my wife works in the dinner off, and she was at work, and um, it was lunchtime, and a lady came in late. And my wife was like, okay, don't worry about it. I'll take you. I'll take you. And she was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. And my wife sent her staff to, to lunch, and my wife took care of it. And the lady was so appreciative that, I'm sorry you missed your lunch, and I'm so sorry. And, and Jeanette was like, okay, no problem. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. So the lady said, let me buy you lunch since you've taken, um, taken your lunch to work on me. So Jeanette was like, no, I'm good. I already brought my lunch. So the lady put out a $20 and gave it to Jeanette. And Jeanette was like, no. She said, every time you say no, I'm going to give you another 20 so, you know, me, selfish, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for her to keep saying no, 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 no. We're going to see how far this goes. So, you know, Jeanette said, okay. So I'm like, why did you say okay with well, 120 You could at least walk away with $40. That's what I'm thinking. Huh? But anyway, so now the lady says, because you, work, because you took your lunch to work on me, I just went to the bank to get my rent money out. I'm going to give it to you. And gave her over $600 some years ago. Gave her over six. She called me crying. I said, what are you crying for? Ain't no need to cry. You know it ain't the devil because we ain't going to praise him, so it must have been God. Hallelujah. You know, that's what I'm saying. But look at this. So, and, 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 and it bothered her because the lady did this, and the lady, the lady just gave it to her and ran out. 
But then I was over my sister-in-law's house, and, and, and at my sister-in-law's house, I parked in front of her house. We went to pick our girls up from school, and I parked in front of her house, and Jeanette went in. And then I had to use the bathroom, and I went in to use the bathroom, and I came back out, and my truck was gone. And my sister said, oh, they just send a letter. If you park in front of the house, they're going to tow it. I what? But God already knew the situation because he gave us the money a couple of weeks ago to get the car to tow it. And the car was around the money that the, that my, the lady gave my wife. I'm telling you, all things work together for those who love the Lord. I'm trying to help you say, he know what you need. God is a God who know everything. Matter of fact, it says that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows what you need before you even know what you need. Do I have any witness that God can make a way out of no way and provide for you like you can't provide for yourself? He says you have no need to worry because he know what you need. God already know what you need. Then it goes on. Not only in three do he tell us that, uh, some reasons why we don't have to worry. Then he come back and, and, and the fourth thing we see here is he give us some things that the Bible tells us um, what to do instead of worrying. So what do we do now instead of worrying? We know he says stop worrying and that's easier said than done. So what should we do? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 33. Verse 33, he says, But seek first the kingdom of God, and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God says, here it is, this is, why you want, this is what you're supposed to do instead of worrying. Just put your mind on me. Just get your mind on me. Instead of worrying, just start praying what God has already promised you. Say, God, I know you are a healer. And instead of worrying, I'm believing and I'm walking in your healer. God, already know you're a provider because your name is Jehovah, my provider. I'm going to believe in this provider. I'm going to start praying in the name of Jesus. Seek God first. Instead of worrying, you need to get your mind wrapped around God and seek him and his righteousness. God, I'm chasing after you. I'm coming after you, God. Instead of worrying, God, I'm going to put my mind and my focus on you. And watch this. When you put your mind and your focus on you, he promised that whatever you need, he's going to provide. Y'all miss that? He says, once you focus on me, I'm going to provide everything you need. So the reason why some of us don't have what we need to have, because our mind is not on Christ. We don't trust in him. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Our focus should be on his righteousness. Our eyes should be on the kingdom. Our mind should be on the kingdom. Our heart should be kingdom chasers. I don't know about you, but he said, instead of worrying, chase the kingdom says, here's what we should do. Instead of worrying, focus on the kingdom of God. Focus on God and his righteousness. And then he gives us another reason that's not found in this text, but he says the second thing. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. He says, not only should we seek God, he says, here's some things that the Bible tells us instead of worrying. He says, seek God first in his kingdom. Focus on the righteousness of God. Put our mind on him and his kingdom. Let him, his, our thoughts focus on him. But then the second thing, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, here's the second thing we should do instead of worrying. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, when y'all have it, say amen. He says, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, be anxious. That word anxious means worry. 
So he says, don't worry for nothing, but in everything what? Pray. Oh, my God. He says, instead of worrying, we need to get on our knees. God, in the name of Jesus, I believe in the blood that has set me free. And I come to my Savior tonight. Lord God, my heart is flooded with worry. My mind, it can't get right, Lord God. My mind is everywhere, Lord God. My chest is heavy. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. But God, instead of my worry, Lord God, I'm going to pray to you. Some of us need to stretch out before God. We don't need to get on our knees. We need to just say, Jesus, I love you, God. I will not let this worry defeat me. I will have faith in you. I will believe in you. I know you can do everything, God. God, I'm going to call out to you. I'm going to focus on your word that you can do it, Lord God. I remember the story of the three Hebrew boys, Lord God, was facing the fiery furnace. But they said, I know my God is able. You are able to provide for me. He says, instead of worrying that we need to pray, pray, have a communication with God. Call out to God instead of worrying. He says that we ought to call out to God instead of worrying. We ought to pray and lift up holy hands to God. Go before God in prayer instead of worrying. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, instead of worrying, he says, cast all your kids on him. Oh, my God. Cast all your cares on him. Jesus says, everything you worried about, put it on him. Oh, my God. That's why I got this box here. Did everybody get a, 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 um, a slip? Did everyone get a card? And put your worries in. And I want you to walk up here and put your worries in this box. Now, this box is not God. This box has no spiritual indication going to do anything miraculous or anything superficial. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is Peter said, cast your key on him. So I'm trying to get you to understand the illustration that you are physically coming up and you dropping your cares on him when you pray. So now if you have a worry that you have, put it in a box because we're going we're gonna to get rid of worry. We're going to get rid of these things. I'm not going to look at them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to spread them on money and we're going to spread them on money and get rid them, but we passing our kids to God. Any kids that you have right now, just come up and put them here. If you ain't already did it, just put your worries in the box to know that God can take care of your worries. I don't care how deep your worries is. I don't care how hard it is, how in, impossible it seems. God can do it. Put your worries in there. He said, cast his kids on him. He can take care of your worries. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come for us today, Lord God. I come, I come to you and lift up the worries that we have, the worries that we have for finances, the worries that we have for clothes, the worries that we have for our children, the worries that we have for health, Lord God, the worries that we have for, for safety, Lord God, the worries that we have about retirement and all the worries that we come to, Lord God. How long are we going to live, Lord God? The worries we have of losing a loved one. God, I come to you right now in the blood of Jesus Christ believing that he can set us apart, that we're going to practice what you told us to practice. We are not going to worry, Lord God. We're going to cast out care on you. Why? Because you can do everything. You have power to lift up us out of the mire muck, Lord God. You can keep us in the midst of our worry in the name of Jesus.
says, here's the issue. He says, stop worrying. And he makes it clear in the scripture. He says, stop worrying. Stop it. Stop it. But when you do, and you shouldn't because it's sin, go to God. Go before God. He can handle your troubles. He can handle your troubles. He's able to do it. 